I'm thankful that God has given all of us an opportunity to come to be in service one with another one more time. And uh, as Brother Casey said, I certainly have an interest in your prayers tonight, and and uh, I can't do nothing without God, and we certainly need God most of all. And uh, I just want everyone here tonight to feel free to mind the Lord, and uh, y'all, uh, I'm sure, very well know that, that any time the Lord's dealing with any of us to make a talk or, or whatever it might be to, to do that. Uh, I've been stopped before a few times over the years by someone who felt they needed to testify, and, and it was all in order. It had a good service when that happens. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, I never know the heart of anybody, but if there is anyone here tonight that's lost, we certainly want you to mind the Lord. If Spirit's dealing with you to make an altar somewhere, whether it's up here on the mourner's bench or where you're at, uh, you just need to get in touch with God. And that's what we want most of all is for souls to be saved. And uh, like I said, I'm uh, just uh, happy to be here with y'all tonight. I told Stacy and my daughter and, and son-in-law on the way up here to, uh, this evening that uh, I hope Brother Don and Sister Alice was able to they mean a lot to me and our family, and since y'all brought them up here to Kentucky, we don't get to see them as often as we used to, and, but, uh, but now we, we love them and think about them often, and uh, uh, I just had this on my mind, and, and I know we're not supposed to lift up man, and that's not what I, I'm trying to do, but when I first started preaching, when I was called to preach, Brother Doug Curtis was my pastor. Maple Grove number two. And for those four years that he was my pastor, I, I learned a lot from him. Uh, we'd have Bible studies, and, and I still got notes at home uh, from studying under him and, and, and learning from him and different things. But when he left the church, they elected Brother Don. And at that time, I didn't know him very well. I just knew who he was. And uh, we started having Bible studies and continued on, and, and I got to know him better, and, and uh, he sort of took me on further than Brother Doug had. And I just want to, you know, he, he taught me how to be confident when I stand. And he taught me how to be bold when I'm trying to preach the Word of God. You know, if you're timid trying to tell people about the Lord, they won't know if to believe you or not. <laughs> and uh, I just want my Brother Don to know that tonight, that I appreciate the time he took to teach me some things. And, and just watching him behind the pulpit, he, he's taught me so much. And uh, I just appreciate him for that. And I, I know he don't want me to... I'm sure he don't want to be talked about tonight, but I don't get to see him very often anymore, so I wanted to tell him tonight publicly how much he's meant to me and my family. But uh, uh, I just love the Lord tonight and want to do that that would be pleasing unto him. I've 
had an appointment this morning, and and when we got home from that, I sat down and uh, tried to pray about what we might try to speak on tonight, and uh, doggone it, I dozed off a little bit, didn't mean to, and uh, but I did get up in time, uh, wake up in time to get some studying in, and, and the Lord uh, seemingly gave me a clear thought on some scriptures, and uh, so we'll do the best we can tonight, and, and again, I ask you to pray for me, but most of all, pray for the lost that might be here or may not be here, but the world's full of them, and whether we know them or not, they need to be prayed for. A uh, few scriptures that come to mind in a couple of different places. I want to start one in uh, Revelation chapter 12. And uh, I guess I'll just start reading in verse 7 and read a few verses here. And. I'll just go ahead and start reading, and we'll start from there. He says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was there a place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And I'm going to stop there with verse 12. Uh, to begin tonight, uh, I figure that probably most of us here tonight, if not all of us here tonight, are uh, familiar with the fact that in the long ago that uh, Satan was an angel and he was cast out of heaven, and and those angels that he, I guess if word it just my way, that he got on his side to contend with God, uh, absolutely they lost the battle. And for their punishment, God cast them out of heaven. And as it, as it said in our reading there, that uh, it was cast out into the earth and his angels cast out with him. Now, we understand that today, that uh, it says that the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, and we uh, understand because we see that daily. 
We see it in our own lives how the devil tries to deceive us. Even uh, uh, Jesus says, even in, I believe it's in Matthew 24, where he says, if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. And the scriptures that I'm trying to read tonight and, and preach upon, and I'm going to turn over to the book of Jude here in just a moment and read some from there, uh, is found to be, I believe, mostly talking to saved people and trying to teach us to be aware is what I get out of a lot of this that we've read tonight and what I've studied upon is how that the devil is still deceiving today. Now, I know we can uh, always turn to the fact that there are all these other false denominations, beliefs, whatever you want to call them, out in the world today. And uh, that's been around for a long, long time that there's false doctrine in the world since the beginning. And it's just more prevalent as the years go on that you don't drive far down the street without seeing all over the place false doctrines and false teachings. And Satan has his way in... Uh, uh, and, and I'll say this, not trying to brag him, on him or pat him on the back, but the devil is good at his job. Uh, but us, especially us as saved people, he can only be so good as we let him to be in our lives and in our churches if we're not careful. Uh, I tell you, I, I'm satisfied in saying that Satan probably goes to church a lot more than you and I do. I believe he'll be in every service if we let him. And, and he'll sit right uh, next to the pastor. He'll sit right next to the deacon, the song leader, and everybody else in the church to try to distract from the truth. And that's what he does. He knows that he can't have our soul. So his other option after that is to, is to just destroy our Christian walk. Destroy our influence. Destroy our reputation so that when we talk to others about the Lord, they just won't have nothing to do with us. That's his goal is uh, get rid of uh, churches as much as he can. I've seen, and I know y'all have, I've seen... Uh, a handful of churches I can name right now, and you know them too, that's went out of existence. Satan got in there and destroyed them, caused them to have one, two, three splits, just discouraged people from going, and before long, they just close the doors and give it to somebody else to preach their false doctrines. I want to turn over to the book of Jude now for a moment, and we may get back to some of that, uh, Lord willing. But I do want to look at quite a bit of the book of Jude. Of course, it's only one chapter, a small book. But in the first verse, we find out that he's talking to uh, saved people. He says, uh, 
uh, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and, and, uh, and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. He, he said, mercy, be unto, or mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Uh, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And that same need is still in existence today. That we take the Word of God as has been given unto us and continue preaching and teaching to a lost and dying world whether they want to hear it or not. Uh, every opportunity that we have and, and it ought to be uh, uh, grabbed a hold of and, and not let it pass by it. Uh, it fa- our family members, our neighbors, our co-workers, anybody in, you know, Jesus said in the Great Commission to go into all the world. And, and I've always looked at it that, yes, the entire world certainly needs the truth brought to them, but uh, as one person alone, I can't go everywhere and talk to six, seven billion people or whatever the, it is in the world today, but what part of the world I travel in my daily travels, I can be responsible for telling people about the Lord. And, and, and you go where you go. I'm sure you go a, a whole lot far different places than me, but all together we can cover a lot of the world as, as, as well. I know I'm hopefully ain't sounding silly in saying that, but that's what we are to be as missionary Baptists. We're to be mission-minded. Uh, But he said that it was needful to write, and and that need is still there today. And he said, I exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. And and, and that, uh, you know, I've read a lot in the history books of of the Baptists as they come over uh, from the old country to to over here and how they established churches in the, uh, in, in the, the thickest of woods. And, you know, we think about uh, driving down the road a few hundred miles and maybe setting up a mission point and hope it turns into a church. And that's great. That, that's what we still do today when, uh, or we ought to when the Lord leads. But these men, they, and they come down through rough country and, and had to cut the road that they was making to get to wherever they was going. And, and, and all the while fighting, uh, uh, fighting Indians and whoever else might not want them there, but also fighting other beliefs that may have already been there. You know, I, I've read in some history books where uh, a Baptist uh, tried to establish a church and uh, another belief not far from them threatened to kill every one of them if they didn't move. You know, we don't have that fear much today when it comes, you know, if we want to go establish a mission point and there's another belief right next to it. I, I don't think there's going to be bloodshed. But our forefathers went through that. And much, much more. I, I ain't even scratching the surface on it. And some of you that studied history of the church of Churches and their movements knows uh, no doubt a lot more than me, but I'm just mentioning a few things that I can that how that 
the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. It's, and, and you notice he says the faith. And we're to spread the same gospel that was spread unto us and our forefathers uh, before them. And, and uh, nothing that we teach and preach today as far as I know in our sound Baptist churches has changed. Uh, 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 you know, when it comes to the main doctrines of the, the Word of God, now I, I ain't going to get into some other stuff, but some things has changed that we're not happy with, of course. But uh, nevertheless, when it comes to the sound doctrine of being saved and, and other church ordinances and such as that, uh, you know, uh, we still have a great number of churches around this, you know, we're blessed to live where we are. You know, uh, like Stacy's brother, Brother Kerry uh, Kemp, he's been up at Liberty uh, in Ohio for about 10 years now, and, and you know, we heard he just recently gave the church up, so they'll be moving somewhere down the road, but been up there for 10 years as pastor, and and for them to go visit a sister church uh, in a revival or anything, they'd have to drive three to four hours, if not a little more. And we're blessed down here that we don't have to go very far to find another sound church to fellowship with. And in other places, even further than that, but, uh, but we have to, as, as, as he wrote there at the beginning, that we should earnestly contend for the faith. And, and that's studying our Bible. Know what the Scripture says. You don't have to be a preacher to study the Bible. And, or a Sunday school teacher. You just need to study the Word of God because any one of us at any time could be confronted by someone else that don't believe the truth and they start posing questions to you. Well, why do you all believe this? Why do you believe that? Why don't you believe this? And yes, we probably not going to know everything, but the more we study, the more we will know, and the more that we can defend what we believe in. And it'll, it'll pay off in the end when we uh, do, or when we are able to confront others that don't believe as we do. Because they, you know, well, let me just go on from here just a moment. He says uh, in verse 4, that there are certain men crept in unawares, and and again, this uh, trying to tie back to what we read in Revelation, how that uh, Satan is down here and, and he's trying to deceive. That's his goal, to deceive and take as many as he can to hell with him. And, and if he lost here today, or these, some, some of these little bitty ones that hadn't reached the age of accountability yet, he's got his eyes on them too. And he, knows, he knows that they're not accountable yet, but he knows that as long as time lasts, they will be, and he wants them. And so uh, you need to listen he, uh, and, and be ready for when the devil uh, tries to tempt. He says that certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, uh, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, or in other words, evil. He, he says, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says in verse 5, I'll therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people, 
out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. You remember. They left Egypt, been praying for deliverance for all those hundreds of years, and, and God hears their prayer and sends a deliverer. And, and yes, it takes a little while of, of uh, uh, getting Pharaoh to let them go, but they finally did. And, and then they went out and wandered in the wilderness for uh, all those years. Why'd they do that? They, they was promised a, a land flowing with milk and honey. And why wouldn't you want to just go straight to it? They could have. But they chose not to because of their disobedience. Yeah, that's what they wanted and they thought the way was going to be easy. That's what I, I believe sometimes people uh, try to believe today that once I get saved, life is going to be easy. It ain't. Not if you live a, an honest Christian life. It's not going to be easy. Now, if you get saved and you want to go back and... Con- Join in with the world and live with the devil a while, which if you're, true, if you're saved, you, I don't think you want to do that. Because uh, uh, once we're saved, there's supposed to be a want to in us to, to not go back to the old life, not go back and serve the devil, not go back and do ungodly things. But those people left Egypt And ain't it sad how that, I don't know the numbers of how many left, some more studied than me might know it, might even tell the number, <laughs> for all I know in there, but ever how many of the multitudes that left Egypt, it's sad that only two of them made it to the promised land over there. That old generation died in the wilderness, going around in circles, I suppose. And a new generation was born in the wilderness. But so many of them died and it was all because of their disobedience. And, and what, every time the, hard, uh, the way got hard, they, they complained to Moses. Complained about God. Why have you, you, you pulled us out here in this wilderness to die? You know, we'd have been better off back in Egypt in the mud pits. That's hard to believe that a child of God would say such things. And even though there's people that may not say it with their words today by their actions, we still see the very same thing going on around us today. We see people who say they get saved. We see people who will join the Lord's church. And nowadays, maybe when they get saved, maybe join the Lord's church. That don't seem as important to people no more to be a church member, but... And then they want to go back to their old life and, and hang out with the buddies and go have a few drinks and, and go uh, these wild parties and, and just uh, live out of wedlock and have children out of wedlock and want to do all these things and still saying they're a child of God and a, a member of the Lord's church. And I hope and pray that they are saved But that's what we see today among, I can't say all of our churches, but I'd say many of them. It may be all of them for all I know. It's sad to see that 
God told us this in the long ago through the, uh, as He inspired you to write these words, and it's still prevalent today in 2023. And those people was destroyed because of what they did or might you say didn't do. You know, uh, one time I was trying to think of where, uh, I believe it might have been when they made the, the golden calf to worship it. I believe it might have been, forgive me if I'm wrong, but it angered God, of course, and He caused the earth to open up and swallow thousands of them. They would have already, if they had just listened to, as Moses led them and listened to the word of God, they would have done been in the, uh, the land flowing with milk and honey by then. But that's the life they chose. And they, cho- they chose that life because Satan handed it to them. You know, I said this this morning, I've said a lot over the years that... Uh, the devil cannot make me or you or anybody do anything. He can't do it. But he can entice us. He can put the opportunity in front of us and we can ignore it or we can reach out and chase after it. And that's what these people did. They left Egypt and, and they wanted the easy way, but it didn't turn out like that. And so they died chasing after a golden calf or whatever it may be. But it said that after, when they left Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. He said, The angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains unto darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Uh, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance uh, uh, of eternal fire. You think about how, how horrible life must have been in those cities and as it said cities about them that God would look down on them and say I've had enough it ends for y'all today no more and he destroys them with as it uh, talks about in the scriptures with uh, brimstone and fire destroys No regard to how old or young any of them was. He sent down those two angels to bring Lot and his family out. And that he did, and sadly the wife turned back. Everybody has their own opinions of why she turned back, but nevertheless she did and turned into a pillar of salt. 
Uh, but Lot was able to escape. But every man, woman, regardless of age, child, on down to the newest born babies, died because of the sin. That's why we have to die today in the flesh because of sin. And that's why those that fail to prepare to meet, uh, 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 to, uh, meet God and be saved in this life, uh, uh, their soul uh, goes to a place called hell where we, as we often say, you die and you die, but you never die. I wonder sometimes you... How bad was Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, how bad is the world today? Is And boy, does the Lord have more patience? I know I'm in no place to uh, know the mind of God, but I, you know, it's human. We ask questions sometimes. That, does He have more patience now than He did then? More patience now than when He destroyed the world with water? Uh, that's up to God how much patience He has or wants or needs, but... Uh, but he, he got to a point. Now, when's he going to reach that point in our day and time? These things was, I believe, actually happened. I don't believe they was just parables or stories. I believe they actually happened. And he said that they were set forth for an example. Sadly, we... Too many people in the world since then and even today fail to acknowledge the example that has been set before us. Uh, looking on down, a few verses in verse 10, he says, but these, uh, still talking about those same people, they speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts and those things they corrupt themselves. I thought about when it said there, the thought comes to plain to me this evening that they speak evil of those things which they know not. They don't know the truth. There's people in this world that live the homosexual lifestyles and, and uh, are for the drag queens and all this ungodly living, the uh, uh, life that uh, is the reason why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. I'm sure they was committing many other sins as well. But we see that going on today, and when the truth is presented unto them about it being wrong, uh, they, uh, what does it say, uh, I read there, it says they speak evil of the things that they know not. They know nothing about the truth, so they speak against it. And then it says there that, but what they know naturally is in the body. They know what they do uh, themselves uh, uh, in the flesh. He says, in those things they corrupt themselves. And that's just what goes on. And I've never seen... In my lifetime, and y'all other ones uh, uh, older than me know, uh, uh, I'm sure you agree as well, that never thought in my lifetime I'd live long enough to see a world as corrupt as it is today when it comes 
to the homosexual lifestyles and the freedoms that they have and the uh, position that they have in life today. They're getting more powerful by the day. Verse 11, Jude wrote with an exclamation point, Woe unto them if they only knew what danger they stood in. And some of them might know and just don't care. People that don't believe in heaven and or hell, you can tell them all you want till you're blue in the face and they're just, they don't care. They'll walk away with a smile on their face. But he says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Cory. These are spots in your feast of charity when they feast uh, with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried away of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. They, they have no substance about them. Uh, there's a, a no root found in them. There's nothing good found in them. Nothing but corruption and evil and sin that God hates. God hates sin. And we are to hate the same sin, but we're not to hate the sinner. God still wants to see them saved. Just like when I was lost, when you was lost, He has a desire to see everyone saved. Even those that want to come and invade our country and kill us because we're preaching Christ, because we believe in the Lord. It'll save them too if they'll come to the truth and believe. Verse 13, he continues on with that, describing them raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. You know, that one line there has stuck with me for since I first found it back when I started preaching and all. How can you describe to a lost person the blackness of darkness? I've been to Mammoth Cave several times in my life and they'll take you back there with their lights and candles or whatever, I mean lanterns and all that and there's one part they'll get to where they'll shut it all off and just let you sit there in total darkness. And that's about as close as I can come to knowing what darkness is. You can't see your hand in front of your face. Uh, it's, just, it's just a weird feeling. You know, when we have nighttime here and there's no moon shining in the sky, uh, if our eyes don't adjust, it's pretty dark outside. But once your eyes sort of get adjusted, you can still see. You can walk wherever you want and do whatever. But hell's described as darkness. And he said it's forever. Jump on down a little ways uh, through the remainder of this book of Jude. He says, But beloved, 
Remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. You know, I sometimes... Uh, don't do it a lot, but just every now and then when i uh passing through the TV and I'll, I'll see the Joel Osteens or the Joyce Myers or the Benny Hens or uh, some of them like that, I might sit and watch them just for a minute or two to see what they actually preach or say. And in all the years I've been doing that, I still hadn't heard none of them tell about salvation. Now, they might do it in the minutes that I don't have the TV on them, but I've never heard it yet. They want to talk about uh, making you feel good and, and being uh, what makes you happy in life and joyful. And those things are good, but there's, a, uh, there's still that other side to God that one has to experience. The anger. The conviction that comes from being lost. They don't ever want to talk about that. And then, I know we can't judge a man or woman's heart or where they stand with God, but the Bible does tell us to, to judge a, fruit, a tree by the fruit it bears. And so therefore, we look and we listen at those such people and others out in the world, maybe people we work with, maybe people in our own family, we, we listen to what they say, we watch how they live, and then we're left with a, a, a thought that I'm afraid they're not saved. Lord have mercy. And these men and women supposed to be preachers standing up to multitudes, thousands upon thousands, they're in front of them and, and thousands and thousands more that they's watching the TVs and listening to the radios. How many people are they deceiving every day? And sadly, most of them don't even know they're being deceived. There's so many false doctrines in the world today and a lot of times we focus just on a few of them that's more common, just uh, uh, being baptized and, and uh, just joining the church or shaking the preacher's hand, uh, you know, or just living a good life as some teach. And, and uh, what's seemingly most popular nowadays is accepting Christ, you know. Those seem to be some of the most popular ideas today out there. And, and the Bible teaches us that's what we wrestle against in this life. Principalities. Ideas. Man's ideas. That was so uh, important in, in, for God to have it wrote down. Solomon wrote it down twice. For there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Two times in Proverbs. There's, man gets these ideas and he gets them from Satan is where he gets them from. Uh, may not realize it, but they get these ideas. Well, baptism is in the Bible so I can take that and run with it. People will believe it because it's in the Bible. 
But they use it out of context. They use it out of line. They, they, they reorder the, the great commission that was given. I say, well, baptism's in the Bible, so it must be right. I'll do that. Joining the church is in the Bible, so I'll do that. And you know, I, I, I didn't find out where they find the Scripture about accepting Christ. They must drag, you know, twist some things around there somewhere. I don't know about that one, but they've got it somewhere. They found it in the, the mouth of Satan. But that's what we still contend with today. There's mockers in the last time. He said that these are the ones who separate themselves and they have not the Spirit. Boy, I would be ashamed of myself if I knew that I didn't know God and I was trying to teach hundreds and thousands of people about Him. You know, I don't know nothing about uh, nuclear science, so I doubt a, I can't go to some college and start teaching that class because I know nothing about it. But we have men and women all around the world today that knows nothing about Jesus Christ and how to be saved and how to live uh, for God and yet they still try to teach and preach on subjects they, they don't know nothing about. They might know the Bible as far as word for word and the history of it, but they don't have the feeling. If they knew God as a saved person ought to know God, I'm satisfied they wouldn't be teaching uh, false doctrines as they do today. Now some of them has. I believe there's men that's been saved and called to preach and, and we know some even in their own ranks uh, alive today that has left the old time Baptist and went their own way. Maybe they didn't get the church they wanted. Maybe they didn't get paid enough. Maybe whatever happened, but for whatever reason, Satan convinced them that this was wrong and they need to go somewhere else and do something different. Sadly, that happens. But he goes on down and he tells them, but ye, beloved, building up, up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. He says, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And that's how he, well, there's a few more verses, but that's, uh, uh, after all the, the bad that he talked about through that book, he, he still ends it with trying to encourage us to continue on. Keep fighting the good fight, you might want to say. Uh, don't let things get us down. And I'm the world's worst of letting things get to me and I get down sometimes. And there's been times I've wanted to quit, just put my Bible down and just stop. No devil's been on me hard sometimes sometimes in my life but thankfully I've had a faithful wife that, and I know she don't like me talking about her but I got a good faithful wife that she's never let me quit she's always encouraged me to keep on keep trying keep praying and and she's always been there for me and I can't thank her enough I can't thank God enough for giving her to me 
I'll just finish with this. Back where we read in Revelation 12, and, and I believe we read the verse 12. I want to look at that one more time. And I, I, like we said, we don't know the heart of anybody, but if there's any lost here today, I, I hope you would at least consider what you hear when I read verse 12 again. He says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. But he says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, and of the sea, that's us here today. That's you here today. If you're lost, will you inhabit this earth? He says, for the devil has come down unto you. He's come down unto all of us. He's hindered our lives from the moment we was born and, and, and will try to till the day we die. Uh, and, but he says that he's come down unto you having great wrath. He's angry. He's mad because he lost the war with God. He's angry that his eternal home will be uh, in hell there forevermore with all his angels and all those that's went down that he's been able to take with him. And he's angry for that. And, and what he wants to cause is much destruction because it says, why is he angry? Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. He knows that time is short. What do you think about it? What do we as God's people think about that when we hear it that we have but a short time? Even Satan believes it and knows about it. We ought to, it, ought to, uh, it ought to encourage us to be more about the Father's business than we was yesterday. And tomorrow be more about God's business than we was today and the next day and the next day. Just work as earnestly for the Lord as hard as we can every day that God gives us to walk and to talk. We may get to a point in our life where we're bedridden at home their last days of life. If that's the way it ends up for you or me, Pray every moment you can. And when you get to talk to your loved ones, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandkids, take that opportunity to tell them, I'm about to go home. I'm about to go to heaven. Don't you want to go with me? I had an aunt passed away uh, Sunday before last. I believe it was. My time runs into each other. And we went to the funeral on uh, that Friday, a week ago this past Friday, and it would be her great-granddaughter. The whole family uh, situation is all kind of messed up, so I'm not going to get into all that, but uh, she called her granny. And uh, my cousin that's taken her care and they've adopted her as their own, uh, she wouldn't go around, she's 11, just turned 11. She went around, when we all passed around the casket for the last viewing, she didn't go, she didn't want to go. And they was just about to close the casket door and my cousin went up to her and said, are you sure this will be the last time you ever get to see her in the flesh again? You sure you don't want to see her one more time? Well, the little girl got up and she, she went around and got up there and was looking in the casket at her granny that she called her, and, and all at once we seen her drop to her knees, and she started praying. 
And she come back up and said she got saved. Friend, I hope you know today that we have but a short time. That little girl, she made her preparations the other day. I made mine back in July 21st of 91, 17 years old. My wife made her preparations back in, uh, what, was nine years old, so back in 1981 at Antioch Church. All three of our kids made their preparations. They got saved. We've all got saved is what I'm talking about. And I'm sure you know. So lost friend tonight, there may not be a one here. I don't know. But that's what's been on my heart tonight for us as the church and God's people and what I could say to the lost. I don't know what else to say. So brother, I'll turn it back over to you or the song leader, whatever whatever the Lord wants next. But thank y'all again for allowing me to come one more time. God bless you.